0: what went wrong with the 2022 twins who's surprised and what could that tell us about 2023 and beyond we're putting a bow on this disappointing year on today's episode of locked on twins you are locked on twins your daily minnesota twins podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins Podcast. Today is Thursday, October 6th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, where you're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Again, this is Nash Walker. been writing at Twins Daily for four seasons. I've hosted a daily podcast now for three complete seasons at Lockdown Twins. This is off-season number four, off-season number four at Lockdown Twins. Again, on a daily basis. What went wrong? We're going to rank what went wrong this year. The top three things for the 2022 Twins, what that can tell us about the future. We got MVP. We got Pitcher of the Year. We got Rookie of the Year. We got Surprise. We got numbers we're going to look at to explain what happened to the Twins this year. Let's start with our most valuable player, Ballot. Number five, I have Jose Miranda. 125 games. Jose hit 268 on base 325, slugged 426. OPS was 16% above league average. One win above replacement over at baseball reference for Jose Miranda. He, for so long, carried this offense in a lot of ways. Buxton was dinged up. Correa wasn't getting it done with runners in scoring position. Polo was not doing it either. He was also dinged up. Miranda was the guy for months. He was the Twins' best hitter for months. From when he was terrible, when he first came up, From the end of that, which was like mid-May, from that point forward, he was the best hitter for months on this team. Correa ended up being the best hitter in the last like month and a half of the season, but Miranda, for like two and a half months this summer, was their best hitter. He was unbelievably good, one of the best hitters in the American League in that stretch. Very, very good as a rookie. Miranda mania it became a thing. Miranda mania. He walks off Josh Hader. You know, I target field. He had some really clutch hits. He kept coming through over and over and over at a time when the Twins weren't hitting outside of him, weren't healthy outside of him. So he comes in fifth. Obviously, a building block for this team. I'm super excited for Jose Miranda's future, and, and I think a lot of people are, based on what we saw this year and what he did in that stretch as well. I think he's got to get a little bit stronger. I agree. You know, I heard Baldelli or somebody say that yesterday Get stronger this offseason. A lot of warning track fly balls. Got to get stronger, get that 20 25 home run power, not 15 to 20. And I think he'll be really special. Also, defense, defensively, has to improve. He's going to go down to Houston and work with Carlos Correa this offseason to try to improve defensively. Fourth, I have Gio Urshela, who played 144 games this year, hit 285, 338 on base, slugged 429, OPS plus at 121, which is 21% better than league average. And the last time, a Twins third baseman who played at least 100 games at third base. The last time a twins third baseman had an OPS plus that high, it was Corey Koski in 2003. He was one point over what Gio just did in 2022. Corey had a 122 OPS plus. Corey was my hockey coach back in the day here. So I always love Corey stats, Corey Koski. And he, Gio Urshela had one of the best third base seasons we've seen out of a twin since Corey in the early 2000s. And That kind of says the twins haven't had a lot of great third baseman in that span, but it also shows that Gio had a a really nice year. He was over three wins above replacement. Uh, Really, really nice year. He comes in at fourth on my MVP ballot. Third is Carlos Correa, 291. He hit OPS plus was at 140. It's his highest since 2017, the world series year. Also the scandal year, 5.4 wins above replacement. He was a seven win player last year for Houston. And we've, we've, broken it down and and dissected it all summer. He didn't get it done. He disappeared at times this year when the twins really needed him down the stretch. He was very good and everybody around him sucked. And that's the theme of this, right? Miranda was so good for months. Everybody around him was bad. Correa was so good at the end of the year. Everybody around him was bad. It never quite lined up offensively, especially in the second half. Correa comes in at third, I thought he had a really solid year, and I think again I would trust him to hit with runners in scoring position in the future. I would trust that he's going to be fine with runners in scoring position moving forward because what it's shown us is it's not predictive. It's not predictive. You're going to usually hit what you would hit otherwise with runners in scoring position. I think Correa is going to be fine. I'm fully on board with the Twins giving Carlos Correa a, a record breaking extension. I think he's I think he's wonderful. Second, Yohan Duran, 57 games. A buck eighty six ERA, thirty four percent strikeout rate, six percent walk rate, almost three wins above replacement at Baseball Reference for Yuan Duran. Speechless rookie season from him. Speechless. Buck eighty six ERA in fifty seven games. He comes in at second because they wouldn't have even been close in September. They would not have been tied for first place in early September if not for him. When the team finishes fourteen games out of first, the what if they didn't have this guy? that loses some of its some of its weight because if the Twins had won the division we would have been where would they have been without Yuander they wouldn't have been here they're 14 games out of first place where would they have been without Yuander 20 games out 21 games out of first place i tell you this they would not have been in the race in september because he was the only reliever for an extended period griffin jacks was as well so not the only griffin jacks is part of that but the only late inning reliever rockey baldelli and the staff could trust for much of the season. He was tremendously good as a rookie, tremendously good. Number one most valuable player. It would have taken either a amazing second half for somebody or a terrible second half from Luis Ariz for him not to win Twins MVP in my mind. And I did say a couple of weeks ago Yohan Duran is my team MVP. I was kind of riding a high after a great Yohan Duran outing. I'm going to give it to Louis, Batting champ hit 316, 375 on base. 130 OPS plus, and he was worth uh, 4.4 wins above replacement. The reason Louis is my MVP this year is because in the first half, he was like the guy, he was the storyline. He was, there was national attention on Luis rise because he was so incredibly good in the first half. He carried this offense. He was the spark plug. He was unbelievably good in the first half down. Second half still did enough to win the batting title, but that first half, the All Star level first half, he provided so much value within that, and I also believe he's the most valuable player on the season because if you took him away, I, I, I don't know where they, I, I don't want to know where they would be if if he had not played this year, like if he had not been on the team this year, where they would have been. I don't want to know. So it's a rise to Ron Cariya or up Miranda. That's my MVP ballot. You will notice no starting pitchers. Pictures of the year, what went wrong, what can it tell us about the future? Some eye popping splits from 2022 coming after this word from Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports needs. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for everything you need, all the information. They have live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including Major League Baseball, the playoffs are coming up, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. College football, the NFL, it's all back. You're going to want to play, not just betting, info, sports, information, anything you're looking for. Betonline.net. Head over to betonline.net. Betonline is where the game starts. Pitchers of the year, Yohan Duran is number one clearly. Uh, Sonny Gray, I have second for pitcher of the year. It's tough between Gray and Ryan, two, three. Sonny, twenty-four starts, one hundred nineteen and two thirds. Not enough innings, not nearly enough innings. You know, borderline like baseline. You want one hundred and fifty from Sonny Gray, but he did have a three oh eight ERA, one twenty five ERA plus. You know, twenty five percent better than league average, twenty four percent strikeout rate. When he pitched, he was very good for the most part this year, but he dealt with. The pec strain he dealt with, a lot of hamstring problems. He dealt with injuries. He dealt with ineffectiveness in the middle of games where he couldn't get through starts. You know, he couldn't get deeper into games because he would break down in the fifth and sixth inning too often. Sonny Gray is second, though, pitcher of the year. Third, Joe Ryan, twenty-seven starts, one hundred forty-seven innings, three fifty-five ERA. Very solid rookie year for Joe Ryan. And you know, I talked at length about this after his final start of the year. But for a rookie year to be you know, 9% better than league average, 25% strikeout rate, that's a really good year. And I have him third. But the pitching overall, they need just more bulk innings from their starters. They need more bulk innings from starters in 2023. Rookie of the year, you guessed it. Yohan Deron is first. Jose Miranda is second. Joe Ryan is third. It's one of the best rookie classes, I think, most dynamic rookie classes we've seen for the Twins in a long time, in my opinion. You have the lockdown late, late inning, high leverage reliever in Yohan Duran. You have a building block in the lineup in Jose Miranda. And then you have a building block in the rotation in a stable force in Joe Ryan. So those are my top three for rookie of the year. And then my biggest surprise on the season, it's got to be Nick Gordon. Nick Gordon is the biggest surprise this year. Uh, Cup of coffee in the majors last year. Really showed not much offensively and I would argue defensively. This year, he bounced all around the field. He was healthy, hit 272. OPS was 13% better than league average. Hit for power, hit for average, drove in runs, and he almost had a two win season. He was 1.6 wins above replacement at baseball reference. Really nice year for Nick Gordon. And at times, him and Jose Miranda, they were the best. You know, they were the best hitters in this lineup, or you look to them, and Correa was a part of that. But when Arise was struggling, Correa wasn't hitting with runners in scoring position. Going through some slumps, it was Miranda and Gordon stability in the middle of that lineup, and they're both super young. You know, Gordon was a rookie last year. Miranda's a rookie this year. Nick Gordon is the biggest surprise of the season. Shout out, Nick Gordon. Ranking what went wrong and what we can learn from it. Number three out of three. There's more than three. Three is philosophies. The philosophies around pitching the philosophies around what they do in free agency and via trade, I think that's the third biggest reason why this thing fell apart. You can make this out in a couple different ways. You know, it's third. It's third on a list of three, right? I came up with three prominent. But it's also an issue. I think it's an issue, and I made that clear. They need more bulk innings from their starters in 2023. And if you don't want to give your starters bulk innings, you need a much better bullpen philosophy. We want shorter starts. You can't have shorter starts if your bullpen's bad, and we learned that this year. In free agency, I said this last night, it's time to go after guys you want on the starting pitching market. It's time to secure a frontline starter. They haven't done that. It's a philosophy that they they don't give out those big deals to starting pitchers. I think that needs to change. I think investing in the bullpen, that needs to change. And again, we've seen some signs of that changing. So philosophies I have as third Number two is an incomplete roster. Incomplete roster. We knew on opening day, I certainly knew on opening day, that this roster was incomplete. They didn't fill every hole they needed to fill in the offseason. And they had a lot of holes to fill. They had substantial holes to fill because they lost 70. They won 73 games and lost 89 games last year. Of course, and they traded their best pitcher in Jose Barrios. Of course, you're going to have a ton of holes to fill. They had a ton of holes to fill. Some they filled with Gusto at short with Carlos Correa. You know, Sonny Gray was a good acquisition, but they needed more than that. They needed more than Archer, Bundy, you know, Gray, Correa. They needed more than that. And maybe that's a bar you just, that's too high for an offseason. And that was the argument of a lot of people. Like, this this team isn't good enough to even get close with a great offseason that you can't fill all these holes in one offseason. Looks like that's correct. I thought they could, and I think they could have gone. An extra length. I think they could have secured, you know, Kevin Gaussman or Robbie Ray or somebody, one of those free agent starters, Marcus Stroman. There were a ton of them in free agency before the lockout. They could have done that, I think. And that's why it's an incomplete roster. That's what went wrong. It wasn't complete. That's why they had an over under at 81 and a half or 80, whatever it was. They weren't viewed as a playoff team because it was an incomplete roster. I'm not using that as an excuse. Like, oh, they only had an 81-and-a-half win total. No wonder they won 78. The, the reason they had an 81-and-a-half over-under is A, because they won 73 games the year before, and B, because this was an incomplete roster, and it was clear that they didn't have enough pitching to get it done. You know, And eventually we found out a couple more moves might have made the difference. You know, A couple more bullpen moves might have made the difference, but maybe not because my number one reason is the health. The health is the number one reason and this is not to take away from what i think was a failure on a lot of parts of the front office to build a complete roster in the off season you know this is not to take away from decisions that were made on the pitching front that were mistakes you know clearly but i i think it's undeniable that if this team was 50% healthier they at least would have been in this thing at the end of september and that's you're hanging your hat on they were at least in this thing, like we should have higher expectations for them. The health of the roster was the, was to me the biggest reason they collapsed in the second half. I'm going to, I'm going to give you this number and this kind of this in some ways, I think proves my point. The twins offense in the first half weighted runs created plus, we know a hundred is league average. And the reason I don't like to use runs scored or runs per game is because you have the Rockies, you know, in the top 10, because they play at cores. You have teams who won 15, nothing like, I I just don't view that as a a more reliable statistic than other statistics. Weighted runs created plus, an example of that is the Rockies. In the first half, they were a top 10 team in runs scored, but they had a 92 weighted runs created plus, which is well below league average. How do you create runs? How, How efficiently do you create runs? And how does that compare to the rest of the league? I think that's a great number to use. The Twins in the first half had a 114 weighted runs created plus that was fourth best in major league baseball 114 weighted runs created plus fourth best in major league baseball they were a top 5 group at creating runs compared to the rest of the league fourth their wins above replacement on the position player side 15.8 that was seventh best in the major leagues this was a top 10 position player group and you could argue it was a top you know 8 top five to eight position player group in Major League Baseball in the first half of the season. In the second half, their weight of runs created plus dropped to 97, that's below league average, and it was ranked 18th in Major League Baseball. Their wins above replacement, 5.3, a third, a third of what they had in the first half that was tied for 21st in the second half of the season. The the reason for that is because their guys got hurt. That The first half of the season showed me on the position player side, that they have the talent to score a lot of runs. They have the talent to be a top five offense in baseball. They have the talent with Kirilov, with Buxton, you know, with Correa at the time, and hopefully Correa long term. Miranda, Luis Rise, Jorge Polanco, the list goes on of guys who are super talented hitters and super talented players. And I think the first half showed us that that's true. It's in the numbers. It's in the pudding. It's true. The second half, they fell off a cliff offensively. I think that's undeniable that it's because they got hurt, because all those guys got hurt. Everybody on that list was hurt, except for Correa, basically, and Miranda, I guess. Everybody on that list was dinged up in some way in the second half. The pitching on the season, same old story. 398 team ERA, that was tied for 18th. 10.7 wins above replacement, that was 20th. So the staff is below average again. In 2022, that needs to change. Like that's obviously been the biggest problem, right? The pitching was awful in 2021 and the pitching was not good again in 2022. But if you can get this pitching staff into the 10 to 15 range in ERA and wins above replacement, which that's not a huge jump next year, staying a little bit healthier. I think they can do that with Mally and Gray and they need to go out and get another guy. As I've said, you get to that 10 to 15 range. Again, I think this offense can be at least top 10 in the big leagues. They showed us that in the first half. They've showed us that in recent seasons. You know, guys on this roster have shown us that they can be elite talents. They just need to stay healthy, and that's a huge if for this team. Defense, defense, defense. Negative 17 outs above average this year. That was 24th in baseball. So way down there in outs above average. In defensive runs saved, they had 23 defensive runs saved positively. That was 13th in baseball. I don't view the defense as a huge problem for this team. I think they have some big defensive questions in the offseason, like is Gio at third? Are they going to give Miranda third base and have Louis play first? You know, who's your shortstop? Obviously, that's a big defensive question. I think the outfield defense, Sully's a really solid backup center fielder out there. He got better this year. He made some great catches. He's got good range. He came up as a 60, 70 grade center fielder through the minor league system. Byron Buxton is the best center fielder in the world. Max Kepler is likely gone. So that takes something away and right. And then Trevor Larnik graded wonderfully in left field. So they do have some questions, but they have certain guys in place uh, who are really good defenders, you know, Buxton specifically. And if they retain Correa, that would go a long way, but you know, defensive run saved outside above average. They're just below league average in terms of defense. They can get better, but I just think, The makeup of the roster is going to is going to make that difficult, in my opinion, because you have a lot of plotters, you know, Miranda and arise and Polanco like these are guys who aren't elite defenders and it's going to be hard unless they get much better to be an above average unit defensively. But to me, like if you're in the fifteen to eighteen range defensively, I think that's probably fine if you get that back offensively. It's a thin line. It's like that scale. If you if you can get more offense for a defense that's slightly below league average, which the numbers say they were this year, I think that's okay. I think that's that's an okay trade-off. It's a trade-off because Miranda, you know, is gonna hit, but is he gonna defend? And these guys can get better and they should in the offseason. That's something that needs to be a focus for a lot of these guys in in multiple positions, Uh, Matt Wallner and right field as well. We'll see how the defense fares, and we'll see how it looks on paper, but they're about just below league average in terms of defense this year uh, by the two biggest statistics that we like to use. So that's kind of a season in review for you of 2022. We're going to start roster questions Friday, uh, Gio Urshela, and we're going to start to... Joe Rochella, we're going to talk about on Monday and the decision there and what to do at their base. Friday, we're going to look at the most important players in the organization, ranking the most important players in the Twins organization, because I think that's where you have to start. You have to start with the players. Who's the most important? And I think that'll tell us a lot about what happened this year, too. Most important players, a lot of them got hurt in 2022. And a lot of them, you can't rely on staying healthy in 2023. We're going to look at that on friday join me then thanks so much as always and for those of you who missed uh the podcast wednesday or have missed podcast, i just want to thank you for all season long sticking in there with me listening to these shows commenting interacting your passion for the twins joining me thank you so much for the support of the show and thank you for making lockdown twins your first listen today now make your second listen the lockdown mlb podcast mlb expert paul francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Sully's Great, at Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, and as always, go Twins.